As they entered this last legislative session, the Texas legislature was awash with cash. As a matter of fact, they had more money than they could legally spend according to the constraints of the Texas Constitution. Well, that didn't sit too well with our elected officials in, in Texas. And so they came up with a way to get around those limits. On this week's episode 145 of the Liberty Cafe, we're going to be looking at exactly how they got around those limits, how they got around those limits without taking a vote, and how they got around those limits without even telling you that that's what they're doing. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. I am so blessed to have you here with me today, and I'm blessed every time you're here, whether this is your very first time to be with me on the Liberty Cafe or your 145th time for being here. Whichever it is, welcome to Liberty Cafe. I'm also blessed and very grateful for our sponsor, the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. They are working day and night protecting your liberty. You've had some really big wins lately and shutting down some of the um, efforts of Leviathan to, to walk over your liberties. So please go on over to texasscorecard.com, see what they're doing, and see how you can participate in the battle for liberty. Well, as I, as I mentioned in the intro, last session as the Texas legislature came in for their regular biennial, every two-year legislative session that starts in The first Monday after the first Tuesday of odd-numbered years, that's the way they set it up, they were awash with cash, as I said. We all have heard about the $32 billion of budget surplus that we had going in. You may have heard, if you particularly if you listened to the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, that out of that $32 billion, they only gave us about $6 billion a year for the next two years in property tax relief, which is going to work out to maybe about two to three hundred dollars in property tax relief for you this year, but next year it's going to be going back up, and it's they're not going to look back. So, thirty-two billion dollars in budget surplus, but that was just for the end of the fiscal year or the fiscal biennium. We're on a two-year budget cycle here that actually ends just in a couple of days. You'll, today's August thirtieth when you hear this. And we got one more day in August, and then that's the end of the fiscal biennium. Then we start the new biennium, the 24-25 fiscal biennium for the state of Texas. So $32 billion were going to be left over for this fiscal biennium that that ends in a couple of days, unless they spin it. And then, but that was just a portion of it, because they were not only appropriating money from last the current biennium, but they had, were projecting how much money they would have left over. I mean, new money they would have for the future biennium, the 24-25 biennium to, to um, spend. You, you add it all up, it was somewhere over $70 billion of new money they had available to them over what they had appropriated or spent back in 2021 the last time they went through all this. So 70 plus billion dollars. The problem with having all that money was, from their perspective anyway, was that they couldn't spend it all. There, there's two limits on the Texas 
in the Texas Constitution about how much money our legislators can spend. The first thing is a balanced budget amendment. We've probably all heard talk about that at Washington, D.C. You know, people are trying to push for a balanced budget amendment in Washington, D.C., and that would be great if we had it. We do have that in here in Texas, but in, in a situation where we had so much extra money, if you want to talk about it in that perspective, it was going to be really hard for them to spend all that money, although they really worked hard at it. They, they were still going to have some left over under that uh, restriction. The other restriction, though, is often a tighter restriction, and it certainly was in this case. It, it basically says that Texas government spending can only increase by the amount of growth in the Texas economy. The way the legislature has interpreted that of late usually is population growth plus inflation. That limit was about 12% this go around. So they're basically saying that, that state spending can grow by 6% per biennium now, or per year, I'm sorry. Now, that's not really very good for us as taxpayers because, I mean, our spending is not on autopilot getting in to grow at tax uh, you know, what are, uh, inflation plus population growth. It just, you know, we earn money and we get to spend it. That's not the way it works for the government. So that limit isn't very good, but at least it's there and it helps hold back the growth in state spending and sometimes in some ways. But this was a real problem for the legislature this session because they didn't want to be limited by that. You may have heard early on in the session where Dan Patrick came out very strongly against um, voting to bust. That's the way it's often put in uh, layman's terms around the Capitol, voting to bust the spending limit. Now, he was talking about that in the context of he didn't want to vote to bust the spending limit to give us back more money for property tax relief. He, he was saying, well, we just can't really give that much money back to taxpayers because it would make us bust the spending limit and we just don't want to do that because that's bad public policy. Well, it turns out that Dan Patrick wasn't worried about busting the spending limit. He wasn't worried about spending too much money. What he was worried about was giving too much money back to Texas taxpayers through property tax cuts and therefore limiting how much money he could spend and the House, Dave Phelan, he's not in this alone, but he was the one out there being most public about it, uh, limit the amount of money that they could spend on other things like public education or health care or other things that we'll talk about briefly today. And, and, and so this is how the kind of the numbers worked out when we come to this. So there was the, the legislature set, set, came together and they looked at the numbers and they had this 70 plus billion dollars that they could spend or they had they had money to spend but they couldn't spend it all because of this what's called the tax spending limit population growth plus inflation and and so when the the budget came out it showed that they had come out ahead of the game they had not busted the tax spending limit and they still had 1.6 billion dollars left over below the spending cap. 
and you're going, oh, that looks great. They actually stayed within this limit, even though it's not the best limit in the world. They stayed within it. But that's not really what happened. And, and that's what I just want to talk about briefly here for the rest of our time. Because what they had was not $1.6 billion below, but they would have been about $12.7 billion above the spending limit if everything that they were spending had been counted for the purposes of calculating the spending limit. Right. That's, that's kind of how it works. So they wanted to spend, and if you include two different bills that we're looking at, it's really $13.7 billion. So they wanted to bust the spending cap by $13.7 billion over two bills. There's a supplemental bill, Senate Bill 30, the regular appropriations bill, House Bill 1. You put those together, it's $13.7 billion over. But yet at the end, it shows that they were $1.6 billion under. So I know this is a lot of numbers, but the key thing is they spent more than they could under the constitutional spending limit. Well, how did they do that? Well, there's, you know, when, when this situation comes up, there's basically two ways to deal with it. Well, actually three. They could just decide, well, you know, the constitutional limit spending limit is in place for a reason. We don't want to grow government too fast. So we're just not going to spend that $13.7 billion. That's obviously not the decision that Greg Abbott and Dave Phelan and Dan Patrick made. They wanted to spend this $13.7 billion. So the important thing for them was how do they spend it without us getting in trouble for spending it? Well, the constitutional spending limit has a provision in the Constitution, and all the legislature has to do to bust the cap is to just vote to do so. And it's not even a supermajority. It's just a regular majority of the vote. So they get 16 of the 31 senators, they can bust the spending cap. They get 76 of the 150 House members, they can bust the spending cap. And then all Greg Abbott has to do is sign it, and voila, the spending cap has been busted. But there's a problem with that, of course, from the perspective of our politicians here in Texas. If they actually came out and voted to bust the spending cap, to spend this extra $13.7 billion that they wanted to spend, some taxpayers and voters might get a little upset because they're busting the spending limit to spend money when they told us out loud and in public that they weren't going to bust the spending limit in order to give us more money back in property tax relief. So they face this dilemma. Well, what did they do? Well, this is what they did. They decided to take this $13.7 billion and spend it, not through the regular appropriations process. It, it was in there. It, you can look in the bills and see it. But to authorize this spending, rather than voting on it themselves, they put it into constitutional amendments, which are going to be on our November 7th ballot in the form of several different propositions. Now, we're, I'm going to do a different podcast a little later on, looking at about half of the, about seven, I think it is, two, four, six, eight, eight of the, eight of the constitutional amendments coming up in November. And we're going to go through each one of those and look at how much each one spends. I'm working with the Huffines Liberty Foundation. We're going to come out with a paper on that. And once we do, I will um, go through that on the podcast here. But right now, I just want to talk about 
the, the mechanism for how they got around the constitutional spending limit. Because what the basically it says under the constitutional spending limit is that you can't go past this limit using non-constitutionally dedicated funds. You know, it's a little more complex than that, but that's the basic thing. So if the all of a sudden, though, this $13.7 billion is not just appropriated by the legislature under their own authority, where they have to vote to bust the spending cap, if instead they put it in the to us so that we adopt these propositions worth $13.7 billion, and then we vote and approve these things and put them in the Texas Constitution, all of a sudden these funds are dedicated in the Texas Constitution and they don't count under the spending cap. And so that is the route that the Texas legislature took this session. They wanted to spend a lot of money rather than give it back to us in property tax relief. But they didn't want us to know that they were doing that. And they didn't want to have to vote on busting the constitutional spending limit because they didn't want us to see what they were doing. So instead, they just came up with this long list, eight of them, constitutional amendments, or yeah, constitutional amendments that we're going to vote on now. And so if tech, and, but they're not telling us that that's what they're doing. They're not telling us that they're doing this to get around the constitutional spending limits. They're just saying, hey, here's some, some constitutional amendments, some propositions you get to vote on. If you like them, then vote for them. But the result of that, if we like them and vote for them and approve them as the citizens and Texans, 50% plus one person, then these become law. They're constitutionally dedicated. And then we, the people of Texas, have ourselves voted to bust the constitutional spending limit. Although we don't really know what we're doing because nobody's bothering, bothering to tell us that. So I hope that, I know there's a lot of numbers here, and this stuff can get really complex because that's the whole idea of government, big government. They make things so big and so complex and so convoluted and so weak in some ways as well that they can do basically whatever they want and nobody's holding them accountable. Because, you know, the only people who really care about this stuff, about how much money they're spending, are conservatives. The liberals who hold the mainstream press don't care. They like big government. They want more government. Because the more government there is, the more, basically, the more of big government there is, the less of us conservatives there are. At least that's the concept. They can grow big government, control us, tamp us down, and then, you know, they can have their way with us. And, and unfortunately, there are the Republican leadership in Austin, and, you know, I think there are gradations of Republican leadership. You know, you could start with the really, really bad leadership in the Texas House, and then you, you come down a notch or two when you get over to Dan Patrick and, and the Senate leadership, and then Greg Abbott and, and his team over there. But nonetheless, the entire Republican leadership in Texas is kind of going along with this. They want to grow government. They want to spend billions of dollars, $13.7 billion, in fact, on a lot of different things. Like I said, we'll talk about them 
on a future episode. And But they don't want us to know that that's what they're doing because they're afraid they might not get reelected because they're not doing what Republicans are supposed to be doing, or at least what a lot of conservatives think Republicans are supposed to be doing. So th- that's what I wanted to talk to us about today on the Liberty Cafe. I hope this makes sense. I'm going to do some writing on this. And you can come to my uh, website, excellentthought.net, and read some about it when I get those up over the next week or two. Also, there'll be more of this at the Huffines Liberty Foundation uh, site. And you can go there, huffinesliberty.com. It is, and particularly in mid-September when we come out with all of our uh, papers on the constitutional amendment. So if there's one thing I can just tell you to do is read about this stuff and then go to the polls on November 7th and vote against these propositions. Because if you do that, what's going to happen is that you will reduce spending of the state of Texas by $13.7 billion. I can't think of any time in my lifetime where we have had, we Texans, taxpayers, have had the opportunity to control spending like this. Just with, you know, a a few clicks of our fingers on the ballots, pushes of the buttons, marks on the on the ballot with our pencils, whatever it might be, we can just all of a sudden thirteen point seven billion dollars of state spending vanishes. And guess what? That goes into the state surplus. It increases by thirteen point seven billion dollars. And then that means that when they come back to another legislation, legislative session in 2025, there's another $13.7 billion that we can then put pressure on them to give us back in property tax relief. Well, thanks again for being here today on the Liberty Cafe and listening to me talk about these things. And also thanks once again to our sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.